at the end of January, I had one sale. And by the end of 2021, I earned $250,000 in revenue, which was a gross profit of $100,000. So it was just crazy to me because that was the first time I had ever seen six figures in any career. Getting your hours cut at work can be a disaster for many people, but Heather Johnson turned it into an opportunity. She spent around $30 to set up a print-on-demand dropshipping business when she lost hours in 2021. A year later, she's made more than $350,000 in sales with an average revenue of $15,000 to $20,000 a month. I'm Alex Freeman, and today on the Uplift Podcast, I'm sitting down with Heather to learn how she started a print-on-demand business from scratch and grew it to these impressive revenue figures. We'll hear which platforms are the best for building brand awareness and how she used these to achieve fast revenue growth. She'll also share what mistakes she made along the way and her advice for setting up a print-on-demand dropshipping business for success. Let's go talk to Heather. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Let's start with your story. So when did you start HeatherX Studios and why did you decide to start a print-on-demand business? I began my print-on-demand business in 2020 amidst the pandemic, and I was working full-time as a MRI technologist at my local hospital. During that time, when the pandemic first came about, a lot of the imaging field was surprisingly cut hours and laid off during that time to fund other parts of the hospital. So I closed on a house at the same time that I was cut hours and Thankfully, I was not laid off. I was very grateful for that. But at that time, since I closed on a house, I had half of the income that I thought I would have to pay bills. And I realized I needed to find a second income stream. So one night I was on call and I found a few YouTube videos online talking about print on demand and this business model. So I decided to start my business that next day. The first go around with print on demand, I started on Etsy and I actually ended up closing my store in 2020 because I was trying to sell gaiters or the face masks and all that. But during that time, a lot of print on demand providers were delayed in production by two to four weeks. And I knew as a new Etsy store and business that reviews were very important during that time. So If production was delayed, I was going to get a string of bad reviews. So I ended up dropping out of the game. I said, maybe this just isn't for me. Fast forward six months of me just working in healthcare. I got my hours back at work. Everything was fine, but I found myself still very sad about it. And I couldn't figure out why I was so sad. And I realized that it was just the fact that I had a taste of print on demand and I knew I needed to go back into it. So January 2021, I reopened my store. I had crickets for sales the first month. Then at the end of January, I had one sale. And by the end of 2021, I earned $250,000 in revenue, which was a gross profit of $100,000. So it was just crazy to me because that was the first time I had ever seen six figures in any career. Now, so print-on-demand dropshipping, um, both terms that we, we kind of we we hear a lot in the entrepreneurial space. Can you talk us through, in layman's terms, what the the logistics of that means from the business owner's perspective and the process of getting an order to getting the product to the customer? Yeah. So 
First of all, you start on a platform. So you can sell on Etsy, Shopify. There is also, you can also just open up a Squarespace account, any platform like that. And when a customer purchases an item, so usually you upload a design, you choose a product on a print-on-demand provider's website. Then once you push it to your storefront, which can be on Etsy, Shopify, whatever platform you chose, if a customer finds your item, they purchases your item, then that order sends to your print-on-demand provider. The print-on-demand provider will print, pack, and ship your item. They will complete the tracking information for you. They will send that to your customer. And really, the part of your process as a business owner in this business model is just handling the customer service, creating the products and designs and You can also just hire out for designs, which is really nice with this business model as well. And then your your startup budget was was remarkably low. So what were those initial investments that you you did have to make? And what should a new print-on-demand business invest in from the start if they have the funds available? When I began, I invested about $30 to start off. And most of that went to listing fees and The platform that I sold on was Etsy. With Etsy, there is a 20 cents listing fee per listing you put up. So I uploaded 100 listings when I began within my first month. That was about $20. And then I also purchased mock-ups. And mock-ups are where you place, you buy a blank t-shirt and you put your design on it to show your customer how the item will look as the final product. And what I would suggest for anyone starting out is to, if if you can, I'd say $50 is a really good startup budget. You can get up to that 100 listing amount, and then you can invest in some really high-quality mock-up images to give that very high-quality feel to your potential customers. What is the must-have skill set for someone running a successful print-on-demand business? For a successful print-on-demand business, what I recommend, and I feel like a lot of people have this just to start off, is just beginner design skills, some very low technology skills, I would say. I feel like a lot of the skills for print-on-demand is more learned. You know, there's plenty of free resources online now on YouTube. That's where I learned most of what I know. And the other thing that I would suggest as a skill set is to understand search engine optimization and just SEO to rank in the algorithms so you can be seen organically. It feels like a competitive space, print on demand. And so what sets HeatherX Studio apart from from your competitors? I think what sets my business apart from my competitors is I've always tried to engage social media. So That's something that I've tried to use to bring more traffic to my website. But as far as if we're talking designs and things like that, I try to stick on top of trends and start my own trends. I usually research, you know, the top print-on-demand businesses on Etsy and I'll look at what they're doing and see what is my own unique take on everything. And that's something that I guess separates me from the other stores. In addition to Etsy, what are some of the best online store platforms for a print-on-demand business and why? I believe Shopify and also Amazon Merch. I feel like those are really, really other great platforms to go on. 
My personal preference is, of course, Etsy. I feel like that's the lowest startup budget and costs that you will incur. But I know some people who love Shopify because you, you know, you can market in a certain way. You take more control over your traffic, things like that. And Amazon Merch as well is a great place to start on and kind of get the feel for print on demand as well. And also you're tapping into just the organic traffic that you get from Amazon alone. So I think those three platforms are really great places to start. Could you share some best practices for utilizing those e-commerce platforms? Any, any particular features that business owners should use, but maybe don't know that they're there? Some of the best practices I would recommend is utilizing coupons and flash sales specifically. I feel like coupons are one of the best ways that you can get customers to first purchase from you, just offering maybe an email sign up for 15% off. People will sign up for your email, then you'll have them you know, in your system that you can email later on as well. And on top of that, doing flash sales. So when you have a flash sale event running, you can email all those customers that may have signed up for that first email for the 15% off and bring those customers back. I think that's something to utilize over time. And that really brings those loyal customers back. Quick note for our listeners, if you're looking for more advice about getting started with an online store, make sure to check out the past interviews with e-commerce business owners on the Upflip YouTube channel. You can find that link in the description or just go to youtube.com slash Upflip. Heather, you you mentioned Spotify. You have also you know shifted your business to other platforms. You prefer Etsy. What was it about Shopify that you, you didn't like? I would say with Shopify, I did enjoy Shopify and I really loved a lot of elements of Shopify. I believe it was just the time and place when I started Shopify was just a bad time for me because I was doing Etsy and print on demand. And then I started my YouTube business and I had Shopify and I actually put in an Excel spreadsheet how much time and investment I was putting into each business. And I found that Shopify I was putting the most money into because you're paying for Facebook ads, you're paying for affiliate marketing, influencer marketing. And on top of that, there's a lot of Shopify apps that you can add on to Shopify. And at first it's like, oh, that's only $5 to add a time ticker on every single listing that I have up. But then you add, you know, 10 of those and then it's $50 extra you're paying per month per app. So I think with Shopify, you can really hike up the costs every month and business expenses. So I decided you know, my my heart's not fully invested into this right now. It's invested into teaching about Etsy and print on demand and owning my Etsy and print on demand store. So I stuck to those two instead. With your experience in mind, what advice would you offer to someone who is thinking about opening a Shopify storefront? I would give advice to try the organic reach methods first. And by organic reach methods, I would suggest going to TikTok and Instagram and Facebook groups and posting on a consistent basis rather than paying for ads to start off. And through that, you can do your market research, see what sells, what doesn't sell. And then the things that sell, you could eventually put Facebook ads on. I feel like that's what I would have given advice to my old self on. So along with the the storefronts, um, what other online presence should a print-on-demand business set up from the beginning? And, and how does each piece of that puzzle help to grow sales? 
I would highly, highly recommend, uh, of course, social media. I think TikTok is just such a great platform to be on right now. And also right away, I wish I would have told my old self as well is to start email marketing as soon as you possibly can. I think just getting people on your email list and being able to contact people when you have new releases of products and again, just bringing those customers back to your items, they really forget about your store if you don't email them on a consistent basis. What's the best way to grow revenue as a print-on-demand business? For Etsy in specific and doing print-on-demand, what I suggest is increasing your listing volumes, but also making sure that they are quality listings. With Etsy, the more listings that you have, the more visibility that you will gain. And that usually equates to more conversions Again, if those listings are of quality and you're in the correct niches and high demand areas on Etsy. Looking at your your own business growth, what's your average monthly revenue today and what are the typical profit margins on that? Today, I am earning $15,000 per month on average and the typical profit margins range from 20 to 40 percent. It depends on the specific product I'm selling. I sell t-shirts and sweatshirts. T-shirts range on the lower profit margin end of the spectrum of closer to 20 percent. My sweatshirts, however, range to 40 percent in profit margins. So wow, great, great numbers. When you first got started, what was the what was your most successful strategy for attracting customers? Utilizing Facebook groups was the first thing that really attracted customers to my store. And in turn, it gave me a lot of feedback on what those customers were looking for. I had a lot of people comment on my post and ask for a saying on a t-shirt. And then I would put that saying on a t-shirt, send them that listing, and then that listing would become a bestseller on Etsy. And then how does that compare to your your current marketing funnel? Like, what are you doing now to to build out that that lead conversion? So I use email marketing, but one thing that I love about Etsy is Etsy has its own funnel system built into it when you join Etsy. And the way that you build that in is by utilizing their coupons. They have a favorite item coupon that emails the customer a few days after they favorite a listing. They also have an abandoned cart email that they send out if you have the coupon turned on. And they also have just a sale email. So if you turn on a sale on your shop, it will email that customer if they are signed up for the Etsy emails and they'll get an email as well. So that's something that I've noticed over time, but I do try to email customers on a weekly and monthly basis for my own email list as well. So in addition to that email marketing, what, if any, paid marketing are you running? I use Etsy ads currently, and I started with Etsy ads because I was doing a YouTube video about how I tested $5 Etsy ads for 30 days. And during that time, I realized that Etsy ads was giving me a profit. So I kept with it. Now I'm doing a follow-up to that video for I tested Etsy ads $15 for 30 days. So um, now I am just doing running the Etsy ads and that seems to be driving more traffic and more sales to my store. 
How about organic traffic? How do you go about, um, I guess first, I, I, I'm curious what you're, what you're seeing traffic-wise, organic versus paid. Yeah, so organic traffic, I generally get about 1,000 plus visits to my store per day. And paid-wise, I'm getting about 200 to 300 visits for my Etsy ads per day. So um, my conversion rates range from 2 to 4%. So that's been helping at least getting more eyes through the Etsy ads. Wow, that's I mean that's a really great mix. And then I'm curious what your what strategies have been most successful for you to increase that organic traffic over time. My main strategies is of course focusing on search engine optimization and what I really focus on is long tail keyword phrases. So long tail keyword phrases are 3 plus keywords in a phrase, then you will separate it with either a line separator, a comma, what have you in the titles of all of my Etsy listings. And that's what I've noticed has been really helping to add in multiple keywords in one phrase, comma, another long tail keyword phrase. You also mentioned the couponing that comes with the Etsy funnel itself when you have that discounting or that uh, favorited item coupon turned on. Are there any other elements to your your couponing and discount strategy? And or what advice do you have for someone to develop their own version of that strategy? Yeah, so I usually have a 15% off sale running every other day on my Etsy store. And this is to engage some conversion tactics. So the Etsy system, what it does is if you set on a sale for under 48 hours, it will notify a customer and it will also show on the listing a countdown ticker. And that's something that I've noticed really helps increase the urgency of my customers. So they know that the sale is only going on for so-and-so days. Try to get this deal while you can. That's one thing that I've been doing personally because you can set sales for, you know, up to a week. I generally do two days or less. And again, I, I found that 15% off is the sweet spot for encouraging customers to buy. Now, let's say that someone has their, their store set up but is still struggling to make sales. What steps would you recommend they take to identify and fix whatever the problem might be? This is a question I get quite often with uh, my one-on-one coaching clients. and. It ranges from multiple issues I've seen on most stores. One issue I have seen mainly is the competition on pricing. And a lot of previous clients of mine I've seen in their store, their pricing, they will add in shipping and they will offer free shipping. So let's say an item is normally $20 and they will add the shipping cost to that price. So it will be $24 and they will have free shipping added on the item. What happens in the Etsy search is when a customer is looking down the results, they will see your item that's $24 with free shipping and they'll see another item that's cheaper. They don't have free shipping. And I've noticed that's a common issue that I'm seeing right now in a lot of previous client stores where they should just not offer free shipping on lower priced items, which kind of sounds counterintuitive, but I've noticed that once I give that advice, they turn off the free shipping, they'll get sales out of the blue and they'll be like, oh my gosh, Heather, this worked. And so that's one thing I've noticed for most stores that are having that issue currently. 
This is going to bring us to a part of our show that we call our Fan Blitz Questions. So these come from our YouTube community. Again, you can go to upflip.com slash YouTube, join the community, and you can pose questions to future guests. So for these, Heather, we just ask for for quick 10-second off-the-cuff answers from you. So here we go. Cody Pointer is asking, what did you do in the very beginning to get that first round of sales? Facebook groups. Carol Opera is asking, how did you find that there was a demand for your print-on-demand niche? I looked over many of the top performer stores on Etsy. Leo Mika is asking a similar question here. How did you find the right niche to sell your products? I studied the top 1% stores on Etsy and saw what they were selling. From DG4787, how do you calculate pricing? I suggest multiplying your production costs by... 40% and then adding that to the production costs. Uh, Continuing on here from from the community, what do you do with your profits? 30% to taxes, 10% to savings for business expenses. The rest is take-home profit. Best part of being an entrepreneur? Being able to vacation and spend time with friends and family whenever I want. Last fan blitz question here. If you had to move the business to Mars, how would you rebrand yourself? Make packaging probably vacuum sealed. (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. That's going to do it for our fan blitz questions. Again, these come from our YouTube community. Go to upflip.com slash or youtube.com slash upflip and you can post questions to future podcast guests. Heather, a few more questions from me. Tell us about the kinds of products that you sell and where those items come from. Particularly, how do you go find your suppliers and manufacturers? Yeah, so I sell mainly t-shirts and sweatshirts, and I use a company called Printify. They are a print-on-demand company that has multiple providers. So their providers are just print companies that signed up you know, to work on this integrated system. They are the ones that print, pack, and ship the items. So that is what I started with. I started selling the Bell & Canvas 3001 t-shirt. It's a very low production fee cost on Printify, which allows me to have $10 plus of profit per sale I get for t-shirts, which is really good in the t-shirt world. That's who I use currently. Tell us about, about the design process. Are you doing the designs? Are you working with outside designers? How does the design process unfold for you? I have created most of my own designs. The only times that I have not created them is if I use a graphic from a graphics licensing website, such as Creative Fabrica, Creative Market, other types of websites that offer already made for you graphics and templates. But I would say about 90% of my designs were all created from myself. And that's out of 500 plus designs at this point. Are there some designs or products that are consistently popular? Yes. One thing that I've noticed in the past two years on Etsy is there is a trend for retro and more vintage-esque types of designs. So that's one thing that I have been kind of sticking with right now is just almost like a groovy text type of look on t-shirts. And that's something that I've noticed is really selling right now. What's the best-selling product? The best-selling product would have to be just the retro look types of designs. How often do you release a new design? I release new designs every month. Usually one day of the month, I will just kind of sit down, make a bunch of designs, and then upload them onto my Etsy store. 
And can you t- can you talk us through the process of from idea to the item being in your shop? Yeah. So I'll start with researching and brainstorming. So generally I do what I used to do, which is looking at top performing stores on Etsy. I try to look at stores when I'm able to see how many people have something added to cart. So on Etsy, you can tell an item is popular by two different ways. One is seeing the bestseller badge on Etsy. The second way is seeing that there are 20 people who have added an item to cart. It will show up on each listing. So I generally try to look for those listings and then I will kind of use those as inspiration. So I will screenshot them, put them kind of on a little vision board, and I will create designs in my own way, not to copy anyone else's design directly or anything like that. But I use them as inspiration to see what is high demand, what's really selling right now. And then I will go to one of my favorite design softwares is Canva Pro. So on Canva Pro, I will create my designs that are based off of that inspiration. After that, I go to Printify. I upload my design I just created. Then I publish that onto my Etsy store. I will then go to Etsy and I will fill in the SEO, the description, the tags. I will create a mock-up image for that design. So I will take that design, put it on one of the high-quality mock-up images that I purchased previously, and that will be the final completion of a listing. As you build out those listings, what are the key ingredients to a great product listing? I believe the key ingredients are a high quality mock-up image. I feel like that is just number one. Many people are very visual. Even if you have a misspelling in your SEO, someone will most likely still purchase your listing because it's just very beautiful to the eyes. They see it, they want it, they will buy it. However, it does come down to your design as well, not just the product. A lot of people, if they don't like the design, it's not relatable. That's another key determinant if people will purchase it or not. I think the other key ingredient is just making sure you're finding that high demand, low competition niche and product type. Is there an optimal number of products for an e-commerce store? Are there any risk or disadvantages to having too few products or too many products? I have found through my time on Etsy that the optimal amount of products and listings has been about 300 listings on Etsy. Now, I will say that this is dependent on what platform you're selling on. But for me, when I was on Etsy, I found that most of the top stores, they start seeing over $10,000 in revenue per month by having usually over 300 listings in their store. Of course, that always varies. But I believe that too few is not going to give you visibility in the Etsy algorithm and search, especially with the higher saturation of a lot of product types. If we're looking into t-shirts and mugs, that's very highly saturated right now. So if you're only posting three listings, you're not going to be seen. However, on the other end of the spectrum, if you have 5,000 plus products, you may run into a lot of issues with out of stock. Maybe an item is discontinued. And if you need to change 5,000 listings because maybe the shipping needs to be updated, that could be very stressful as well. How does SEO factor into what you're doing as an e-commerce business and, and what best practices for that can you share with us? 
So some of the best practices that I have been doing as of recently is just the long tail keyword phrases and really narrowing your niche down. So for example, instead of if you were to, let's say, do a t-shirt stating Yorkie mom shirt gift for Yorkie mom, that's going to narrow down your competition. There is a higher demand for that niche. And that is what I found is really working right now is getting very specific and targeting a specific customer through your SEO. And talk to me about about the customer service process. So if someone has a problem with their order, who are they contacting? And then what advice do you have for providing excellent customer service? When a customer has a issue on Etsy, they do contact the seller directly. So the seller would, of course, be myself. And some of the advice that I would give to someone starting out on e-commerce, especially if you haven't had customer service experience, I worked as a customer service representative for three years at a big retail store. So luckily enough, I had a lot of experience with this. And some of the advice I would give is to not take it personally, which is really hard to do, especially if it's your first business. It's hard to get that first request for a return, but always try to find ways to say yes. That's what my my manager always told me. He always said, Heather, always find a way to say yes. And then on top of that, One solid piece of advice I got in customer service was also that you always want to say thank you instead of I'm sorry. And that is just a positive reinforcement to the customer. So instead of saying I'm sorry for the delay, you should say thank you for your patience. That is that is really, really strong advice. As you look at different business metrics, what are you tracking for your store and why are those the important metrics to track? With Etsy, I track the analytics quite often and they provide multiple different analytics on your organic traffic reach. And if your social media is bringing in traffic versus your organic traffic reach, if you're showing up on related search, things like that. And one thing I have noticed and one thing I track personally is my organic traffic reach and how my SEO is performing. That tells me First of all, if there is a Etsy algorithm change, because I feel like, you know, algorithms are always changing. But that's one thing I primarily focus on. What tools are you using besides maybe the Etsy dashboard to gather and analyze data potentially across platforms? So I generally use research tools called E-Rank, Everbee, Sales Samurai, those are the ones I try to stick to that show me what Google is ranking for for SEO in comparison to Etsy. And I know E-Rank, I believe, goes through Amazon, Etsy, and Google as well. So those give me some really great data. Kind of broadening our scope out a little bit, what are some of the most profitable niches for print-on-demand businesses right now? And are there any hidden or underserved niches that other business owners should be looking at? Yeah, so there are so many profitable niches, especially when you're going on Amazon or Etsy. I feel like a lot of people are generally looking for gift giving niches on Etsy. So some of the most profitable ones, especially on Etsy, is the wedding niche, pregnancy reveal niche. They're currently what's going to trend in 
Christmas time and November will be group Christmas t-shirts. Over the summertime, we had cottagecore botanical niche that was very popular. A underserved niche, those are, to be quite honest, very hard to find through my two years on Etsy, but it's the things you would never think about. And one of the underserved niches I found recently was through my fiance's best friend. He does bouldering, rock climbing, and... I just remember I was like, what is bouldering? Because I never heard of that before. And come to find out, that's a really passionate niche that you could design for. People love to wear things about bouldering. So I think those underserved niches you find through just day-to-day, maybe small talk conversations, and you realize, wow, that's a really great niche. Maybe I should look into that. What's been your biggest challenge running the business so far, and how did you overcome it? My biggest challenge is that my store has grown to a point that I'm only a solopreneur, I like to say, just working by myself for myself. And I had a out of stock issue when I was working still full time at the hospital last year. In October and November, one of my top selling items, I was getting 30 orders a day on this one item. The print providers and just all across the board many print companies and even websites online that sold the supplies for this specific sweatshirt that I was selling, which was the Gildan 18,000 in color sand, went out of stock. Even Gildan was supposedly out of stock of this item. So during that time, I had to email, I'd say over 50 different customers within a few days time frame because The inventory was not showing up on the front end of my Etsy store, but it was showing up on my back end. So I had to edit 100 plus listings on my Etsy store, and that took hours upon hours. Then I had to email all the customers asking for returns and exchanges. Luckily, I'd say 80 to 90% of the people were completely okay. They were very nice and kind about it, and they decided to do an exchange probably about 10% were returns and unhappy customers. So, Wow. Uh, Yeah, I want to talk about that as well, because you were running this business while working your other job for for quite some time. So I'm just curious what time management secrets you might be able to to give us for juggling those responsibilities without without burning yourself out. Yeah, so what's really the saving grace with Etsy is there is a Etsy seller app that you can have on your phone. So This is kind of issue specific to the issue I was going through, but I was just emailing while I was on the bus to work and during my lunchtime and after work during that time that it was way too much workload for myself. But what I found what worked when there's not a huge crisis going on in your business is to give yourself a hour, maybe a day to work on your business and then close your laptop, enjoy the rest of your day. And even I found I would put a timer on my phone. So I would put an hour timer on my phone. When the hour was up, I would, again, just close my laptop and be done for the day. That is essentially how I avoided burnout during that time. But generally, I would try to work five days a week, do those one-hour time blocks to make sure I was still checking my Etsy store and keeping it up-to-date, uploading new listings. And now that you've you've left the other job and are are in the business full time, what is what does your average week look like? So how many hours are you actually working on the business and and what are you spending your time doing? 
currently I am happily only working less than five hours on my Etsy and print on demand business. And that was what I was doing since basically the beginning. When I first began, I was having a higher workload. So I would say instead of five hours, I was working at my business probably 10 to 20 hours a week just to upload the bulk of the listings of the 500 listings I have now. But since then, it's very manageable because I'm not actively uploading. I'm just answering customer service. So some days I'm only doing customer service for under 20 minutes. That's it. Other days, it can be up to an hour if I'm uploading new listings, things like that. So it's very, very manageable now. And you made mention that you are, you are a solopreneur. So as, as such, where do you go when you have questions or need support? Are there any communities or resources that you'd recommend to our listeners? Yeah, so Facebook groups and communities are probably the best place to go. I actually have my own community called Print On Demand Friends on Facebook. It's POD Friends, no space between all that. And that is a support group where if you have questions about the world of print on demand, there are 5,000 people in this community that answer one another. And that's what I started out with. I joined when I began Printify Rockstars, and that is around the same lines. It's a community that just supports one another, answers each other's questions. So I think those communities are really great because everyone has beginner questions. It's going to happen. And if you need an immediate answer, I've seen people answering on the Print On Demand Friends group within, you know, an hour time frame. So it makes it really nice and convenient. Why do you think so many Etsy stores fail? I think a lot of Etsy stores fail, I'd say within their first month is due to inconsistency and having the wrong mindset going about Etsy and print on demand. I think a lot of people go into it thinking, oh, if I post a few listings, I'll get a sale next week, right? And that's usually not the case. Generally, it's many listings over time will equal getting those results and those sales For my store, I uploaded 100 listings until I got my first sale. And that was a month after I had been consistently uploading. And that's what I tell a lot of my students and a lot of my clients is, you know, it does take time, but over time, and if you keep consistent, you're going to see those consistent results that you're waiting for. And what what trends or shifts are you noticing in print on demand? And what do those mean for business owners moving forward? Currently, I'm seeing the trends and shifts, as we spoke about earlier, with just retro designs. But on top of that, I'm seeing that there are some very saturated markets and getting outside of the saturated markets and getting more creative with different types of products is where we are kind of headed in the print-on-demand world. And I think it's really exciting because it is very fun to design for different types of products. So instead of a t-shirt, why not a necklace? Or instead of a sweatshirt, maybe an oversized hoodie or a cropped hoodie. I think those are really fun to design for. Last question for me here, Heather. What's your favorite business book and why? I would say my favorite business book is The Compound Effect. And I don't know if it's Maybe it is considered a business book, but I remember I read it maybe four years ago and the book is by Darren Hardy. And 
The premise of it is that small actions over time lead to great results. And when I implemented that into my life, I saw a vast difference where, you know, a small action every day for me when I started my Etsy store was to post three to five designs on products and create listings every single day. And, you know, by the end of the year, I had 400 plus listings on my Etsy store and a Etsy store that was earning $15,000 plus a month in revenue. That's something that I am so happy that I read because I don't know if I would be here on this podcast today if not having read that, you know, a few years ago. So, Heather, where can people find out more about uh, you and what you're up to? Yeah, so I have a YouTube, which is Heather Studio on YouTube. And I also have a website where you can find more information at www.heatherxstudio.com. That's going to do it for this episode of the Upflip podcast. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel as well, uh, youtube.com slash upflip. We've got several interviews there, how to start an Etsy shop, and also subscribe to our newsletter for more business tips and strategies. All those links are in the resources section. Heather Johnson of Heather X Studios. Thank you again so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Getting your hours cut at work can be a disaster for many people, but Heather Johnson turned it into an opportunity. She spent around $30 to set up a print-on-demand dropshipping business when she lost hours in 2021. A year later, she's made more than $350,000 in sales with an average revenue of $15,000 to $20,000 a month. I'm Alex Freeman, and today on the Uplift Podcast, I'm sitting down with Heather to learn how she started a print-on-demand business from scratch and grew it to these impressive revenue figures. We'll hear which platforms are the best for building brand awareness and how she used these to achieve fast revenue growth. She'll also share what mistakes she made along the way and her advice for setting up a print-on-demand dropshipping business for success. Let's go talk to Heather.